Amen. Amen. That has nothing to do with anything. We're just going to stay. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. If uh, a good, if you want to find good personalities, uh, or how people have different personalities that that God blesses, or and and also was affected, uh, Genesis forty nine goes over each one when Jacob was blessing his children. It also lists uh, the blessing that God uh, that Jacob gave Joseph, which was mentioned with the woman woman at the well uh, in in uh, Matthew. So uh, or John. Um, you can go back there in Genesis 49, and, and, lit, and you'll see all the, uh, each one has different personalities and so forth, which also helps with dealing with people uh, and dealing with children and so forth, and God can use that. Uh, there's a lot in the Bible, amen, and things are only revealed if you're walking with him, if you have a desire for truth. Uh, it's always tempting to brush the Bible aside and seek after worldly knowledge or counselors, but blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Amen. Do not, I encourage you, do not put yourself around ungodly people. Do not put yourself around sin. Do not put yourself in that uh, situation. You will uh, be a casualty. And you say, well, no, I can be around drinking, and it, I don't drink. You're very blinded then. Because if that's all you see, you have no idea what it is doing to you, what it's affecting, what godly traits are being affected, and your spirit that is being grieved. Uh, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of God, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Amen. Uh, you don't have to be arrogant and uh, nasty to people, but you have to take a stand and keep yourself away from that so that when others are anxious to get out of their sin, they have a place to go to. Amen. Amen. And allow the Lord to lift you up. Be you separate, the Bible says. It's important to separate yourself. God has so much for you if, if we would listen and uh, not be a casualty to the spirit of Antichrist that is in this world. There's many traps along the way. Uh, the Antichrist, just a man. I've heard uh, so many um, Christians talk about, well, you ha don't, don't, uh, don't, um, I remember when the UPC code came out. Remember when everything was hand-stickered, you know, and the, the, that, that was a real cashier. They were, you know, 79, 39, 20, you know, they were typing away. Now they just scan, beep, beep, beep. Uh, but the cashiers back then, they had some skill. They knew the price of everything, and they were just, and when you got your receipt, you didn't, you didn't know what you put, you were like, what was, uh, what was a dollar 19? That was, that was uh, the, the ground meat. Oh, okay, okay. You know, you didn't have, like, the names of everything on there. Uh, but when the UPC came out, oh, that's, don't, don't get anything with the UPC code on there because that's, that's an Antichrist, Mark. How many, anybody was, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, UPC code. Listen, we're not, we're not here to fight the Antichrist. We don't have to worry about the Antichrist. The world has to worry about Jesus Christ, amen? He the Antichrist is not the one opening the seals in heaven. We sing the song, uh, or the girls sing it, he is worthy. Amen? Um, is anyone worthy to open the seals? The Lord, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, he is worthy. The last seven years, the time of Jacob's trouble, the time of God's judgment upon this earth, has nothing to do with the Antichrist. Nothing. He's only a figure within that. The one unleashing hell on earth is none other than our Savior, Jesus Christ himself, unleashing judgment upon this earth. Where is God when all these bad things happen? Why doesn't God do anything? The Bible says he's storing up his wrath in one vial and will pour it out all at once during that time. Billions of people will die 
Billions and billions. Uh, it'll be a bloodbath upon, uh, in that time. Uh, if, they, if people do not get saved now, now is a day of salvation. There will come a day. The Bible says, when the fullness of the Gentiles shall come, when not one more Gentile shall, will get saved, then the Lord with a shout, amen, with the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says part of his judgment, he's going to send strong delusions and that they will believe a lie so that they all may be damned, the Bible says, that have not believed in the truth, that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not uh, taking a cracker and juice like the Catholic Church has spread abroad. That is physical. God's word must be received by faith in the heart. Amen? The, we took the Lord's Supper Sunday. He only said, do this in remembrance. Do this so you can just remember what I've done for you. Why? Because God's people are so easily, uh, we so easily forget that Christ saved us. Amen? And we are nothing. We don't deserve his salvation, but he saved us. In Matthew chapter uh, 13, if you would turn there, Matthew 13 Matthew 13, verse 19, this is a parable of the sower. We're only going to read one verse here. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one uh, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Uh, this is he which receives seed uh, by the wayside. Uh, he, the devil, the wicked one, is like a bird, amen, that, that comes, the birds of the air, and come and take away the seed that God has sown uh, in the hearts of all people, if anyone. It's amazing the work that God does. If you're not cautious, you will live a life and never know that God has been knocking at your door. Oh, the, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save. He is a seeker. That means he's after you. Jesus is after you. When somebody is seeking, all they are after. They're a hunter. When we uh, take the time in our lives and seek out our lusts, we, the Bible says we are able to fulfill it because we seek to do so. We seek wickedness. And we will find the means and we will find the time to fulfill the lust of our flesh. Why? Because we, we are seeking it. We are seek, seeking to fulfill the lusts of our flesh, when we are seeking a pleasure or seeking something in our lives, we will make sure we get it done. We will make sure uh, that we will uh, have what is necessary uh, to get it done somehow, some way. But Jesus seeks uh, those that are lost. He seeks uh, to save. He's a seeker. Amen. He's going to be at the door of your heart seeking uh, to get in there. He's going to be in your life uh, trying to... Uh, show you how good he is and protect you uh, and, and, and uh, be there with you when you're uh, sad and full of sorrow. Why? Because he wants to show you how a loving Savior uh, can come down and save someone who is lost in sin. He's a seeker. He's seeking you today. And you will live a life of misery if you're not living it for Jesus. You're, you will live a sorrowful life deep, way day, deep down in your heart if you're not living it for Jesus. One of the sure uh, benefits of serving the Lord is that peace and joy uh, that you can never obtain outside of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no sin, there is no pleasure, there is no tangible item you can have on this earth. Uh, everything is attached. You, you, you say, you know, as long as I'm able to buy a house, 
I'll be okay. Or if, as long as I can get a car, I'll, I'll be a lot better. Well, when you get those things and it comes with a, a whole list of bills and, and headaches and, and worries that uh, you have to maintain this now or somebody uh, is going to uh, scratch the, uh, my door on, on my new car or somebody's going to step on my new $800 pair of sneakers or my purse is going to get scratched and it all comes with worry. But when you have Jesus... Uh, the Bible says that his blessings it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And you can never lose Jesus, because he will never lose you. Amen? And he's the one who holds us in his hand. There's people who, who say, well, you know, you can, you can lose your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. Your salvation has nothing to do with you. He's the seeker. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Amen? You can save yourself. All you could do is cry out uh, for forgiveness and mercy, Lord, and save me. And once you're saved, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God seals you to the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's a promise that can never be broken. He said, what if you deny him like Peter did? Uh, what if you curse him uh, like Peter did? What if you uh, uh, turn your back on him like I did, like I've done, and probably will do again? But always is the Lord is waiting to welcome you home like the prodigal son. We have one here in this verse. If you read about the sower, the devil here, he's called the bird. And in this verse, he's named the wicked one. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. It's amazing how in our own minds, we conjure up in our own thoughts, you know, what you watch and what you listen to, it matters. And who you're with, it matters. Because it interprets what you hear and the truth that you hear. Well, we get perverted views of and distorted views of the truth and who you're listening to. That's why it's important to shut out everybody in your life and hear from God only. Even shut this man out of your life. Don't let this man get in your head. I hope and pray that I can only deliver you God's word and God's truth and not one ounce of my words. My job as a pastor is only to point you to the great physician, only point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Like when you go to a hospital, you say, just take a seat. The doctor will be in in a minute. And then you receive a $3,000 bill after you leave, right? That's it. Jesus is the great doctor. And if I can point you to him, he is the cure-all for everything, for all. When one heareth the word, that's a message right there. If you hear the word, You've got to be a hearer. You've got to be willing to hear. You've got to have a, an attention to say, Lord, I want to hear. Amen. But then there's also an understanding here. You know, what you hear is only heard by what's in your heart. You will hear right now what you want to hear. You will read what you want to read. When your mind is already made up in a certain way, you're going that way no matter what. you got to be given up in life. Lord, I give up. I'm surrendered. You have full control. And understandeth it not. That means someone else has a handle in your heart and is speaking to you other than the word of God. You know, it is no danger to be narrow-minded about the word of God. God's word is absolute truth. If I came to you and said, can I talk to you for a moment? And I want, I want to show you that two plus two does not equal four. It, it equals five. Why in the world would you even bother with that conversation? Truth is truth. And God's word is truth. 
But when somebody else has an influence on your mind, especially today, we have so much uh, media and so much access, but those who have just pure word of God and a heart for God's word and want to abolish all other voices out of their mind and life, they're going to be able to hear and understand the word of God. They're going to be able to listen to the word of God. And when you're able to hear God and get a hold of God and, and be able to sit down with God, and your eyes are open to the truth. It is he that hath made heaven and earth. It's he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We went one time to uh, uh, Cape Cod, and it was on the water. It was beautiful, beautiful. The house was not immaculate. It was like a little cottage. And if you took that cottage and just put it in the desert, well, I mean, we wouldn't want to stay there. But what made it special was that where it was, it was right on the water. And the beauty of all that was surrounding it. You know, the beauty of that, God made that. God is not out in your life to cause havoc and take away life. But he's the life giver. He's the one who beautifies, if that's a word. Beautifies your life, your thoughts, your love. Your home, your work, God is the one who blesses. Give God your absolute attention, your absolute uh, thoughts. Ladies, if you're into all the soap operas and all, and all the drama, do you know you're going to start living that drama in your own life? I get worried when my wife is watching murder, murder movies and starts asking me questions about my life insurance and all that. That's the only <laughs> What happens, it starts entering in. It starts manipulating your thoughts. Those who have a voice in your mind will start creating new actions, new roads in your life. You have to make sure that God has your absolute attention and he is your absolute coordinator and the word of God is your absolute authority on all matters of life, faith, and practice. And I promise you, you will live the most absolute, blessed, and prosperous, and peaceful life that anyone could ever possibly live. You have one here, he's named the wicked one. Like a bird, he catches away that which was sown. I want to challenge you, even after uh, this uh, service tonight, after every Sunday morning service, I want to challenge you to see how the devil comes and tries to steal away what God does. At the, with the little things, you might leave church tonight and you might get a phone call. We've had so many times people, God doing a work in somebody's heart during a service and they'll get a text in the middle of service and they just run out the door. Why are you even looking at your phone? What's wrong with you? Why doesn't God have your absolute attention? Isn't it amazing how we will run for anyone else? And the first hint of trouble, you know I'm sick. You know I'm not going to church. You know, I'm having financial trouble. I'm not just not going to go to church anymore. What, is, what does God have to do with you getting out of your troubles? Well, everything. That's why you keep them in your life. But it's amazing who has the voice in your life. It's the wicked one. And the time of trouble, and the time where the sun rises up and the heat starts hitting your life. It's amazing how much power and how much foothold the devil has in our lives that he's able just to take away the seed that God has planted in our lives and the seed that God has put in our lives to grow what? Sorrow? No. Joy. And the devil takes it away. I challenge you after this service, watch how the devil attacks you. I want to challenge you uh, 
next uh, son, or this Sunday. Watch how the devil attacks you after church. Immediately starts affecting your spirit. Tries to steal away the good that God has placed in your life. Women, I want to challenge you. Why I focus on the women? Because the devil is a coward and he attacks our women. It amazes me how the devil went immediately to Eve. Women, you must be strong. Must be strong for the Lord in prayer, in Bible reading, to see, be able to hear God's voice, that you may be able to stand and withstand all the fiery darts of the devil, that wicked one. Adam and Eve, they hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves? They were guilty. You know, if you're guilty, you're not going to hide, or you're, you will hide. If you're guilty, you will hide from God. You'll run from God. You'll, you'll feel a type of way. Even in the service, you'll feel a type of way. When you're guilty, guilty of what? Who's condemning thee? God. Your own sin is pointing you out. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. We don't have to run from our own sin we just get it right, but we don't. We run from God instead. But why are we guilty? Because we've done wrong. The Bible talks about a wicked one here. Is this wicked one me? Is this wicked one you? You know, wickedness is just plain old wickedness. When you're involved with sin, your own sin condemns you. There are people, and it amazes me, you'll hear a story, uh, 90-year-old, I'm just making a name, 90-year-old Howard uh, Marcus turned himself in after murdering someone 50 years ago. <laughs> Nobody knew about it. They had to figure it out. And uh, why did he turn himself in? Because he said he couldn't live with the guilt any longer. That's happened so many times. Who was pointing the finger at him? The righteous judge of all the earth. <laughs> you don't need anyone to judge you. You know it. God knows it. You say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, his finger is pointing at you. You don't have to believe in God. But believe in that big old finger of God pointing at you. So why do you feel guilty? Why do you feel guilty, atheist, of your sin? What is sin? Defined. Oh, we know what sin is. We know. The Bible says now the law of God is written on our hearts. Not just in tables of stone, but on our hearts now. And we know, and the heathen know, and the unsaved know, and people who deny Christ and deny, deny anything that has to do with God. It amazes me that professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and their foolish heart was darkened. I speak with people everywhere, and, I, and those, oh, I don't believe in, in the Word of God. I said, well, would you, would you believe me if I said aliens created the earth? Oh, yeah, I'll believe that. Well, what's wrong with you? They don't even want to hear the name God. That's how much hatred their heart has for the one who truly loves them. Why? Because they have another voice in their life. One that's influencing them. I want to encourage you today to block out every voice out of your mind and every uh, influence out of your life and every uh, word in your heart that is not truth. And take all that you know and all that you believe and run it through the word of God. And if it comes out true, praise God. But whatever doesn't come out true, then get rid of it out of your life. Those are the very things that are hurting you the most. I used to love math when I was in school. I loved large formulas and so forth. And, and I know this. You could, have, you could be 99% good, right? If you're at 1%, if you have one number off, the answer in the end is not going to come out right, especially with math. It's not going to happen. 
one number off. And there was formulas we used to do. My, my math teacher used to make me stay after school to, to do, I was an advanced calculus and all. We would do massive problems. Pages and pages would take one problem. We would have fun with it. And if there was one thing off, it wasn't going to come out right. And we said, what happened? We would recheck. And we would go through and, re, and redo and redo and redo and get the calculator, graphing calculators and redo everything. Oh, there it is. That's what's off. Let me say this. If you see something off in your spirit and off in your heart and off in your life, why go any further? It's because there is something off. But it's not a piece of paper that you can just throw out. This is your life. And this is who you are. And you only have one shot at it. Why not fix it? Why not humble yourself enough to say, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe my parents are wrong. And maybe how I grew up was wrong. But I know God's not wrong. And I'm going to listen. And I'm going to live my life according to his truth. That way I know I'm not going to be wrong. And not because I'm right. Because God's right. And I want to get this thing right. I want to live right. God says there's a wicked one here. You know, wicked is wicked. You don't have to redefine it. If you're living in wickedness, you're living in wickedness. It's amazing how immediately people obey the devil. The Bible says, who ye obey, that's whose father ye are in whom you obey. So whoever you obey, that's your father. If you cannot say you are obeying God in your life, it is what it is. Who's your father today? Who are you allowing to be your father? There's only two fathers. It's God and then the devil that God names as the prince and power of this air. He told the Pharisees, ye are your father the devil, because that's who you obey. We quickly obey the devil. Immediately. Immediately. He's the, uh, the funner one. No, he's the destroyer. He's the one who allows us to do more. Like imprisonment. A spiritual imprisonment. It may seem as though there's more freedom to say, you know what, I'm just going to be the man or woman I, I, I want to be and do whatever I please. That's like being thrown into the middle of a desert. Have fun. Have fun. For this is where you chose. But my Savior... The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means lack or need anything. Have any need of food, water, and clothing or shelter. And even more, God provides such beauty. The Lord is my shepherd. That means when I make him my shepherd, when I allow God to lead me, when I walk in his ways and in his troops, when I'm not obeying the wicked one, when the devil speaks, I'm not running and saying, yes, I'll be there. It's a, it's ama it amazes me when people get the devil's voice in their life. You don't need to go to church. Why don't you just stay home? You don't need to uh, 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 serve God. It's too hard. You don't need to uh, say you're sorry. Let them say you're sorry. 
You don't need to obey God's word. We obey the devil. Instantly. But when God speaks, the voice of peace and love. Say, God, I don't have time for this right now. God whispers and says, hey, why don't you come and talk with me and pray. Come, come to hear the preaching of God's word. Come into the house. I want to hear you sing praises to my name. God, I don't want to go to church. I'm too busy. My kids have to go to sports and uh, we have a, a birthday party I have to go to. Oh, the devil certainly has a foothold in many lives today. And Jesus named it. He said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? But if you obey the Lord today and show him that you're, or he, he is your father. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd today? Do you know his voice? Do you hear his voice? Not like the children of Israel. The Bible says they hardened their hearts as in a day of provocation. When they heard his voice, when they seen uh, the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, they still tempted God in the wilderness. Although that God gave them such abundance and prosperity and, 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 and freed them from Egypt and gave them abundant of, the Bible says, angels' food and sent quail from heaven, still they tempted him and murmured in their hearts. The Bible says they served idols. Oh, if God's people would just turn to God fully and give over their lives, God can finally be and show them what great shepherd he is and show them what type of father he is. God's a good father, and he'll never let you down. There's no father like God. Some of us may, maybe didn't have a good father. Well, you can. God the Father. Someone, some, maybe some of you don't know what it is to be loved in here. You need to know the love of Jesus. That passeth knowledge. Oh, he loves you so much. And you'll feel complete finally in your life where you can finally lay down and rest when you're in Christ. But you got to give up and you got to empty your life out of the voices and, 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 and get settled in your heart and say, you know what? Finally, I'm staying put and I'm going to obey God. I'm going to wait on him and learn to trust in him and serve him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Serving the devil in this world. It's like being in a desert place where no water is. Oh, but like the psalmist said, my heart panteth after God. In a dry and thirsty land. Oh, if I could have a, a drink of God and, and uh, in a thirsty uh, Land, if I can have just a little bit, I thirst for God. Like the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after God. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's where we stop there. God usually takes us and we allow him for a little bit and he blesses us and he gives us the peace. But when it comes to allowing the Lord to clean our lives up and to get us on the righteous path, there's sins in our lives that we are not willing for God to take away. We are too attached to this sinful flesh. We're too attached to our lust. We are too attached to the things that are displeasing to God. And that's where you and God that's where us and God have to uh, part our separate ways. 
Because that is where the devil has a foothold and we are unwilling to move. But Jesus will always lead in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There is no way around living a righteous Christian life. That is the only way you can move on with Christ. You got to be willing for Christ to clean you up. He saved you. Now he wants to take you and clean you up from the inside out and lift you up as a light to this dark, unrighteous, wicked world. The prince and power of the air, the wicked one that works in the children of disobedience. Don't obey the voice of the devil. Allow the, the Lord, the righteous judge of all the earth, to forgive you, to clean you, and to set you on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 3 in Psalm 23 is where many Christians stop and they choose to live a life of sin and in sin and forfeit a walk with God and forfeit the blessings of God. And therefore they live with fear and they live with doubt. Why? Because they're not in touch with the Holy Spirit of God that bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. They forfeit the fruits of the Holy Spirit of God, which is the love. And if you don't know the love of Christ, then you're not going to be able to love him back. You're, you're going to forfeit the joy. And we have a lot of Christians, they may appear uh, as though everything's all right, but they don't have the joy of the Lord, which is a strength in itself. They don't have the peace that's going to keep you through the storms of life. Why? Because you're allowing the sin to stay. And what simple sin that Christ can take away and free you from and help you with the temptations. And there had no temptation taken you, but such is the common man. But God is faithful. You don't have to live with sin any longer. You can allow Christ to take it out of your life. He wants to lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And when you'll give that up, you allow such blessings to come your way. The fruits of the Holy Spirit of God are enough in themselves. But that is only the beginning. God wants to prosper you and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. A little sin that we hold on to forfeits such great things that you could never dream of, that eye hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Why hold on to anything that is contrary to the truth of God and God's way? I challenge you today to run everything through the scriptures. And if it comes out, if there's anything in your life that God is challenging right now to get rid of, you say, I can't get rid of it, though. Well, God can. The grace of God. The mercy of God can help you stand. The grace of God, the Bible says, that brought salvation, hath appeared to all men, teaching us how to live godly in this wicked world. It'll help you. Noah found that grace, and he was able in that time to live godly. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is now after, if you go through and allow the Lord to lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, uh, you, you, you can even go through the valley of the shadow of death, but you'll fear no evil. For thou art with me. There's, there's a confidence uh, to our, especially to the, to the women and to the men uh, that, that are living right. Amen? That when in, when uh, the Bible says when Cain slew his brother, God came. And he said, Cain, why is thy countenance fallen? We have a lot of Christians with their heads down today uh, because they have no uh, uh, strength and no integrity about them anymore. The Lord is trying to lead them and help them get up and lead them in a path of righteousness. But our, 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 our men and our women are, are indulging in lust and sin and it's taken away their confidence and taken away their strength and they have no more backbone and no head to, uh, to held up anymore for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your heads for Christ can forgive sins. Get up for Christ can forgive. The Bible says 
And having done all to stand, stand. Stand and put on the armor of God, having your loins girded about with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Wear it. Wear the righteousness of God. Not our righteousness, but his. And that he will lead you in the path of righteousness. And even if you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. You'll have courage and confidence. Why? Because your sins have been taken away. And you can stand. Like as the woman caught in adultery. Jesus said, where are thine accusers? She said, no, my Lord. He said, now, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. It's possible. Just because you lived that life before. And such were some of you. Fornicators, adulterers, drunkards, and such were some of you. That means you were. But now you don't have to be any longer. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Oh, some of us live in depression and fear. Allow Christ to lead you. And allow the Lord to take away any sin. Sometimes it's not a lustful sin outright. Sometimes it's a heart sin of jealousy and pride and arrogancy. Sins that only God can see. But as you get into the mirror of God's word, the Lord will lead you and show you and reveal to you as a man beholdeth his natural face in the glass, the Bible says. The mirror of God's word will reflect what is in your heart. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, if you let it stop at verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Lord, I can't go that way. Well, this is where we part. I wish you well. It's amazing how many people just obey the voice of the devil, including myself. The devil cries out, we're there. And as Jesus said, whoever you obey, that's who Father you are of. What's the devil whispering to you right now? What's in your heart that you can't give up? What does God want you to do? I want to challenge everybody here. If anybody here does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, it's not hard. Jesus Christ, he is God. 100% God. Became flesh just to die as a sacrifice for your sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him the Bible says for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness you need to be righteous to get to heaven but we are not we're far from it we've already been uh, in sin we're born in sin how can we be made righteous when something is already unrighteous? It took the blood of God, God's actual blood, to be shed for you and me. And the Bible says he does not care about your works. Works cannot save you. He does not care about your outward appearance, how strong you are and what you've done. He cares about your heart. Because we have a heart-to-heart -heart God who loves you, so much and so dearly. And man look, as man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. God sees your heart. And the only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says if you believe with all your heart, believe. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see there's a link between our heart and an action. When God moves in your heart to get saved, you got to do something about it. That's what completes our faith. 
an action based on what we believe. And when you stand for God, when you do something for God, that's when faith is produced. And God says, if you believe with all your heart who Jesus Christ is, God in the flesh, and that you're a sinner, and that you need a Savior, and you ask him to save you, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. The prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. But it's your faith in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. For, all, for everyone here, what do you believe? Who are you listening to? Politics, news, videos, that's all of the devil. Everything of this world is of the devil. But let me say this. Jesus Christ, his word fails not. It endures forever. I want to challenge you today to take all that you know and believe and run it through the scriptures so that you are of truth yourself. And I can say, Lord, I just believe you. I want to be like that blind man. I don't know, Pharisees, what you're talking about. All I know is that I was blind. But this man, Jesus, he came. And now I can see. Praise God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, the wicked one has a foothold in our lives. And Lord, we, I believe, obey him more than what we know. Lord, he attacks us. He attacks our thoughts, our actions, influences our decisions. But Lord, it's not because you have been unfaithful. You've been faithful. It's just that we've allowed him. Lord, because of our hearts and sometimes our willingness, our unwillingness not to get rid of things in our life that are contrary to you, watching the wrong things, listening to the wrong things, allowing things in our life to remain that we know are sinful, fulfilling the lusts of our own flesh. Lord, opens the door for the devil to control us. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would examine our lives. We don't need anyone to point the finger at us because there's only one who already is, and that's you. And our own heart condemns us, Lord, and we know our own sin. Father, I pray that you would point that finger and show us our need, Lord, that we may get it right, that our lives may be more pure, Lord, that we may have a better life, live for you. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, that today they may get saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking. I want to ask one question. Maybe you're here tonight, and the Lord spoke to your heart about salvation. You never received Christ. But Jesus pointed the finger at you and said, hey, you need to get saved. I love you. Would you receive me into your heart? Is there anybody like that here who said, Pastor, I'm not saved, but I would like to get saved? Anybody like that? God bless you. I see that hand. Is there anybody else like that that says, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved, but the Lord tugged on my heart and said, Hey, you need to get saved. Would you receive me? Anybody else like that in here? Amen. For the rest of us, is there something between you and God that you need to get right, that you need to give up, that you need to give in to? Oh, God is always moving. Do you have another voice in your heart that's influencing you? Can you truly say that you are obeying the voice of the great shepherd, the voice of your father? the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today to challenge yourself and open up your heart and allow the Lord to have all of you, not just some, but all of you. Let's all stand. And as God does a great work right now, I pray that you will give up your life to him and give in and become filled with the presence of the Almighty. Be led by the great shepherd of our soul. I want to invite you down to the altar. Come on and pray.
There is no unrighteousness with God. God will lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Are you willing to go? Don't cut God short of his leadership in your life. He's got so much more for you. You got to be willing to give up things. You got to be, be willing to give up sin. To stay with Jesus, to let him keep leading you. You got to be all in. He that taketh his hands to the plow, looking back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. If you got one eye on the world and one eye forward, it's not going to work. Lot's wife, she turned back. She had her eyes set, still in Sodom. You got to have a submissive, humble heart. Say, Lord, I'm all in. There's nothing between me and my Savior. God has full control of my heart, my thoughts, my actions. Maybe someone here is caught up with sin that they don't know how to get out of. Oh, the Lord, he's the great shepherd. He knows how to get any of his sheep out of any circumstance. He's a good shepherd. You just got to be willing for him to get you out. Father in heaven, Lord, we close this uh, service out asking you for help and grace, Lord, in our lives. As you lead and direct us, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, confirm all this in our hearts, Lord. And I pray that you would be the leader of our lives. May no one intervene in your leadership, Lord, in our hearts and our lives, I pray. Help us all, Lord, to get closer to you each day. Lord, one step closer is worth everything. I pray, oh God, that you'll take all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great Wednesday night. And Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday at 10 o'clock for married couples, 11 o'clock for service.